<laughs> Hi, and welcome to the Loose Filter Podcast. Today we have one of our rambles for you, a shorter podcast where we talk about an idea or a perspective or a framing that we think you'll find interesting. I'm sitting here today with Dave. Excited to be here. Who is uh, responsible for today's topic. It was a comment that he made in a conversation we had recently that I found pretty compelling and that stuck with me. Well, I was saying that in 2014, it's really, really easy to be amused and a little more difficult to be engaged. And and what I was saying by that was that um, I find myself constantly surrounded with amusements. I've got a phone in my pocket that's got games, music, videos, like whatever I, I want to, just or even like go on Wikipedia and Read about uh, even algae for a little while. Yeah, just but it's it's, it's, it's shallow and it's just yeah. a, a way to kind of distract myself from being a person for, you know, twenty minutes at a time. And it that tends to lead me into a sort of mode of thinking where I'm kind of living my life from one moment of gratification to the next. And that yeah, and that kind of the reason that's important, I think, is it's not to make. I I don't want to have this conversation to make a judgment. On anybody's, you know, habits, media consumption habits, or or, or whatever, because goodness knows, yeah. <laughs> I would fail any such litmus test. But because because of, of as you said, what habitual amusement does to the way that you think about everything, yeah. and, and the way that you see everything, it becomes your framing for your life, for your really. life, right? Yeah, and so so in this conversation we wanted to chat a little bit about that like how how that happens and how it kind of becomes unintentionally and inadvertently you can become a framing for your life and why maybe that's not you know the way you want to be the, the way person you want, you want to be, to be. <laughs> quote from the forward that I thought was apropos to our conversation here. Uh, uh, Postman writes, Orwell warns that we will be overcome by an externally imposed oppression, but in Huxley's vision, no big brother is required to deprive people of their autonomy, maturity, and history. As he saw it, people will come to love their oppression, to adore the technologies that undo their capacities to think. And, of course, he's contrasting the novels 1984 and Brave New World. And, and the thesis of his book is that while we were looking toward Orwell and being afraid of Orwell. Tyrannical, you know, people keeping us from doing what we want. Right. Huxley snuck up behind let, us. By letting us do what we want. By, by giving <laughs> us exactly what we wanted to do. Uh, and so, so the essential point of that book, the essential point behind Marshall McLuhan's famous quote, the great early media scholar, mass media scholar, uh, the medium is the message, is it's it's not really about the content itself that's coming over these devices. It's literally the hardware that, in your framing, pushes us to amusement. Yeah. Well, and he was talking particularly about television, 
which is uh, was becoming the dominant means of mass communication uh, in the 20th century. Still, still, still to a great degree, yeah. it is. I mean, um, and and how that as a as a stage medium, where it's 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 passive, it's one way, and it's being framed on a stage that you see, doesn't make it an ideal medium for the exchange of ideas or really anything beyond what's entertaining and catches your eye. You can, you a stage isn't where you learn things. You know? Right, a stage is where you're. I mean, right. So, t- so because so because of the way TV presents information, like literally, yeah, the means does, of transmission is transmitting different information. The, the medium is the matter. <laughs> yes. Right. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if a TV show is smart or dumb. It's still a TV show. That's its sort of. That's the more important point. Uh, uh, and I think the the same uh, thing happened to music uh, uh, earlier though I mean it was sort of the canary in the coal mine right because uh, about a hundred years ago if you wanted music in your house you had to, you, you, your music player was, was <laughs> something that you operated by putting notes on it and singing and like it right. was something you had you to do you were the music player you yeah. had to play you had a machine that made music but you had to, uh, to and starting part a, of it. about a hundred years ago we get the Victrola from RCA right the first affordable consumer phonograph radio was not far behind and so music became pushing a button yeah and, and it's interesting to note, actually, that, that when the uh, the first Edison cylinders came out, they were not uh, they were not intended as a commercial like uh, right. They were for production. makers, right? They yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> a wax cylinder on the earliest Edison recording cylinders would only last for about ten plays. So the idea was that you could buy this machine, make so you would play your piano, and a lot of the early wax cylinder players were in fact attached to pianos you'd play your pianos you'd sing and then you know you could hear it 10 more times without having to do the whole thing over again but it wasn't so uh, it's geared toward to enhance your yes. making right yeah probably like a lot of early computers were intended i mean yeah you, you, oh, you absolutely still, still see a lot of the computer you know tech purist crowd are like <laughs> oh, you should the, my, like the long hatred toward apple because it's a you know a sealed sort of system my dad told me talked to me about uh, when he, he bought computers in like the uh, the 70s and he would have to. Uh, he it, it didn't have a disk drive or even a tape drive, so he would slowly put all the programs. He would have these tiny little cards and magazines. Would put all the programs in, and then he could run it until you turned the thing off, and then it was done. And it was <laughs> gone forever, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it again. It's sort of like consciousness. Yeah, <laughs> it's only there while the hardware's running. Um, the uh, was that why it was a left turn into the metaphysic. Yeah. I think to to the to my surprise, the internet is becoming this, <clears throat> because I thought and and you and I talk about this a lot, being people who lived through, uh, you the know, the emergence, the blossoming <laughs> of the internet, that that we we all thought and and you know I read Postman's book back when TV was it. Yeah, when the internet there was like you know CompuServe and maybe <laughs> AOL when I got hip to that book and started thinking about this stuff. Uh, but as the internet, you know, blossomed, as you said, I, you, there was a great hope that it would, would that it would break that. Completely it's, democratic. It's not a one-way you know. medium. It's a multi, uh-huh. you know, it's a web. It's a multi-nodal. The users were the producers. Oh, and yeah. now what we find is that people are behaving. They're treating the medium in the same way. They're creating echo chambers. It's They're, they're using it for one-way communication. And it's, Stuns me how much web content is amusement based. Nineteen things you won't believe that blankety blank. But aren't they great? Even the information is presented as amusement. Yeah. So so even that medium now is reinforcing our natural tendency for that instant gratification of being amused, and that's 
that can't be good. Well, right? and, and 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 that's not a. <laughs> this is not a good thing. It's not. It's not so terrible a thing. It's just sort of the way we use it, and because like a, a computer or a phone or whatever, it's it can be anything you want from the time you pick it up, and you can pick it up aimlessly. You've got you you have to wait at the DMV. Well, you you can find something to do with that, and you end up filling all the minutes of your life. I with often, some form of disengaged amusement. I still struggle after years. You think I would have developed this skill, but for years I still struggle when I sit at the computer. My work machine and my amusement machine are the same machine, <laughs> and that's a problem. I've often felt like maybe I should buy another computer and put it in a different room in the house, and like, no, that's my work computer. I can, like I cannot read Reddit on that computer ever. Not even it's one all time. ugly looking. And yeah, not- <laughs> yeah, right. It's in a beige box and yeah, stripped down OS. But uh, 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 that's a that's a real problem that I continue to struggle with. That I sit down intending to work, and the amusement you know demon on and my shoulder. And you can't do that with any other tool. You can't. No, when I pick up a <laughs> screwdriver, it's because I have a specific uh, need to fill in. Need to fill it in. It's not if my screwdriver also let me eat a Big Mac and watch a movie. You know, I. I'd pick up the I, screwdriver a lot I'd have more, more often, screwdrivers. But I, my shelves would never get put up either, you And the insidious thing about all of this is is the way that it slowly kind of changes your whole mode of thinking about life because you're filling in all those moments of just being a person with some kind of, you know, you need to have your interest gratified that moment. And we kind of fill in all of the spaces of our lives. And that leads to a sort of way of thinking that's a lot more childish and uh, less focused, I guess. Well, and it doesn't... It it chases out the space that you need for reflection. Well, yeah, because it it, uh, it it ticks so many of those boxes that we would otherwise fill with engagement. You know. You know? Well, here's a, okay. Here's a weird moment of awareness that I had in the last years that stu- stuck in my head. I was reading the uh, the very long fantasy novel Jonathan Strange and Mister Norrell. I don't know if you know this. Susanna uh, Clark, I think, is the author. I'm going to look that one up. But there was a scene in the book. It's a fun read. It's a uh, set in. Uh, England of a few hundred years ago and uh, uh, there's a scene where a character is writing from one town to another he needs to get from his village to the next village over which is like you know nine miles and he's on horseback and it's going to take him all day because his horse is yeah. walking of course you race your horse all the time and and the, it, it was just the most mundane thing because the way she described the scene, it was just the reality. He was going to have to ride for a few hours to get to the next town. And he, uh, maybe it wasn't nine miles, but whatever <laughs> it was. And it 
in the character was like he appreciated the ride because it gave him time to really turn over a conversation he'd had that morning. Yeah. And he needed a few hours to chew over what was said and really think about it. And how many places do you go, how many trips do you take, no matter how small, without anything outside to fill in, <laughs> fill right. in that space of your life? Well, you and just... and not, not just that, like a literal translation, but how often... In our day-to-day lives, do we have time where we simply reflect? Yeah. Where we think about, what's happened to me today, this week? How am I feeling? Do I What that conversation I had with my friend that was upsetting? Let me think about that again. Maybe I misread things. Maybe, I mean, you know, as a result, we're, <laughs> we're all going off of knee-jerk reactions and first impulses. and for, There's, like, there's so little reflection, too. Like, I think that's part of this. And, because and you're it, amused. And it's, and it's, it's less pleasant than, uh, you know, playing words with friends or looking up scene enemies on Wikipedia, as I like to fill in my spare hours with. Right, know? yeah, it, it, it certainly does mean uh, paying attention to what's inside of yeah, your head. Yeah, which can be uncomfortable, at least certainly more uncomfortable than, you know, Frasier. I'm clear on how terrible my habits are and how they've made me unhappy and less able and to... trivial and stupid. And less able to think well. You're a terrible person. <laughs> what? What? How do people mitigate that? What can... I mean, I'm moder- I catch myself doing this stuff all the time. Well, catching yourself is the first step. Awareness. <laughs> well, Awareness is the... The, the secret to... Almost everything is just pay attention. And, I mean, pay attention to really realize what you're doing when you're doing it. And I mean... And I, in any way that works, right? For some people, yeah. they need to like write things down or they need an app that lets them... Set you know, a stopwatch and find... Continue. I mean, don't even change your behavior. Just find out how much you're doing it. Like, how, oh. how much time am I wasting on the internet? It's... I don't know if I want the to average know person some of this is information. like uh, it was five hours a day of television. I mean, yeah, still. And if still you're going to count, average, yeah. And I think it's fair to count the internet because, I mean, reading cracked and uh, <laughs> Wikipedia and while informative Reddit, is still yeah, you, you're, entertainment. It's but it's you're definitely amusing. not learning. You're getting in. You're gathering information. So awareness. That's that'll be a big. So uh, uh, I think not just awareness of of your own patterns of behavior, like, like when am I doing and, and, mm-hmm. and when am I doing what and for how long, but also notice how the technology frames your thinking on anything, you know? I mean, um, if you're watching coverage of an important news story on television, realize that they're going to go with the, the stories. That you're watching the, the most entertaining form that have of the that best video happening that have, to exactly. you right so, now. So start to understand how the medium that you're you're getting your content through is going to frame it too. I mean, I think I think that level of awareness, if you can get to it, can also be quite helpful. Well, and and I think that there's I, I think it's. <sighs> I know the medium is the message and all that, but I think it's fair to make a distinction between certain types of uh, 
what what we're actually you know consuming when we consume because there's a big difference between binging you know seven seasons of friends and watching you know breaking bad or the wire i i think that that and your television doesn't care what you're pointing it at and your computer doesn't but there's there are different means of uh, you know that was something you said earlier the way you put it stuck in my head make the distinction that the medium doesn't it doesn't care what you're doing but there is a difference there can be a difference certainly Right in terms of say uh, TV content, even if it's on the internet, however yeah. you get it, right? They don't. They're, they're agnostic about what you watch. They just yeah. care that you watch because they'll attach ads to whatever the heck people are watching. If it's the most erudite, informative, detailed history of you know, like mid fifteenth century <laughs> British monarchical, whatever, that fine. Or if it's you know uh, the eight hundred and fiftieth season of. So you think you can dance or what? I don't even know. What? Reality shows. I can, I'm just trying to make a cultural <laughs> reference. I can't make, man. I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't watch. I don't watch reality shows. I'm, I'm totally divorced from that whole. But you play a lot of video games. Thing. But I do play video <laughs> games. I have been known to play video games. So make a distinction. The medium doesn't. Is yeah. The point. Because the, and there are ways to. I mean, even when you're engaging with something amusing, uh, there there are different levels of of consumption. You know. I mean. <laughs> this is one that I fuss at at my students about a lot. Don't listen to music the same way all the time. Yeah. Don't listen to it as entertainment or oral wallpaper or mood setter or energy bringer or whatever. Well, like, go ahead and do that. Uh, th- that's all fine. But <laughs> go ahead also and do listen that. to it. Not only that. Also listen to it thoughtfully. Yeah, you can be, and that's the only thing you're doing. Right, you know, that, yeah, make as as your only activity. You you can either yeah, it's it's listen. wallpaper or something you're looking. Sit at. and pay attention to it and think about <laughs> it. The difference between a wallpaper and a painting is how you look at it. What benefits can we get when we start seeking out engagement? Well, your critical thinking skills improve. Um, your brain will work better. <laughs> That's what I find. I just about everything. I'm clearer headed when I have to make decisions. Um, like, yeah. It gives you an opportunity to become something. <laughs> I mean, like, there is a difference between doing things and watching things. <laughs> you know? Uh, I've always it's a this is a Vonnegut paraphrase, but you have to make space in your life internally, whatever time or whatever that means, so you can make yourself, so you can create yeah. yourself. And if you're always consuming things other people have made, then you're not going to do the yeah. work of making yourself, yeah, to go forward. Um, and you can take in the works of other people and make yourself. I mean, that's that's like that distinction between. Well, sure. Well, to a great degree, we make yeah. ourselves out of out of those out of the culture that's around us it's that it's when it's only that yeah that it's when i am only the likes on my facebook page that it is or i am only the things that can be presented on a facebook page <laughs> yeah. like when that becomes how you think of yourself 
Like, you know, when you start really thinking of yourself in terms of what TV shows you like and what, I mean, then that's where you've reached a level. Some re-examination for me, I think, needs to happen because those aren't, that's just stuff you like. That's, that doesn't have anything to do with yeah. who you are. <laughs> no, yeah, like I love filling out profiles where it's like, these are things I like. Do you like me? <laughs> Those questions are orthogonal. <laughs> I have no idea. I got headphones, I got tempos, I got ten toes with inbounds, I got pitfalls. You hit the jackpot, man, you in the end zone. How much you want to spend, baby? So it depends on banjo strings and sando strings. Hamstrings can't throw. I feel like I should say that this uh, idea, the difference between amusement and engagement is fundamental to the ideas behind the Loose Filter project, the Loose Filter concept, if you will, because we always try to uh, advocate a variety of things to engage with and that you engage with it, uh, as well as hopefully create original content ourselves that's engaging uh, um and we also like to engage with cultural work, uh, as you mentioned, Dave, that is most often considered as amusement. Yeah. But it's sometimes worth engagement. Well, you can engage with your amusement. <laughs> if, if you're going to be amused, <laughs> you need to engage with it, right? So maybe that's, that's the moral of the story, that engagement is much more about your own framing, your, yeah. the way that you approach it more so than anything else. And uh, don't let your devices lead you to mindless consumption i guess just take a walk without anything in your ears <laughs> and th- except <laughs> and the just, thoughts that are in your head just let that roll around a bit 